Hello, good evening, and welcome to Seascapes. On tonight's programme, the folk-singing submarine sailor who's given it all up to live on a boat on Ireland's inland waterways. Earlier this year, when sea shanties became the most popular thing on the internet, I spoke to Tom Lewis. He's a folk and sea shanty singer who now lives on a boat on the Shannon waterways. At the time, we promised to speak again, and yesterday I went to County Leitrim to meet Tom and his wife Lynn to hear about life on the water and to get a few songs. I'm Tom Lewis, my wife Lynn Lewis, say hello. hello. And uh, we live on board our boat. We're on, we are standing right now. Our boat is the is French name Vendinard, North Wind. Uh, it's quite new to us, so we're having extension, extensive renovations done. And uh, we're at uh, Tara Marina in Knock Vicar on the Boyle River, not far from Carrick-on-Shannon. And it's, we are lucky enough to be living here in Roscommon. We're just um, in, the, in the middle of nowhere and enjoying it greatly. We spoke to you earlier in the year because you're a sea shanty singer. Um, that's that. Uh, people do say I'm a sea shanty singer. I sing all sorts of things, but I, I sort of specialise in songs and music of the sea and ships and sailors because I was 24 years in diesel submarines where they don't sing sea shanties, by the way. <laughs> I joined in the spring of 1959 when I was just past my few days past my 16th birthday, stayed there till I was 40, and then Lynn and I decided to strike out literally for pastures new and ended up in the Rocky Mountains of British Columbia for 30 years. We moved to Ireland 18 months ago. Um, I've actually was born in the north in, in Belfast, uh, which uh, thank Thank you very much to the Republic. They uh, they then say, no, you're Irish. You can have a you have an Irish passport. I've carried an Irish passport for about twenty years, and um, when uh, when Brexit and Boris Johnson happened, I just uh, it's actually do you know, it's not those things that happened. It's what it exposed about the British character. It's uh, the the it's given license for people to be cold and rude and racist and that's uh, i just hate i hate the way people are treating each other in in the united kingdom i really hate it and uh, so you decided to move here we did we did and we've we've not regretted that for for an instant we're unfortunately covid hits everything including traditional music so we haven't been able to really get our fix on that but we were lucky the the weekend we were due to be uh, having the boat brought from Zeebrugge because we bought it in France brought it in, near Dijon and then sailed it 750 kilometers to 207 locks to Zeebrugge and uh, and the weekend it was due to arrive, we were in Dublin, and on the Sunday, having nothing, nothing better to do, I said, said to Lynn, Lynn, I'm going to walk you down 
to O'Donoghue's. He said, what's O'Donoghue's? I said, it's a bar. I said, and that is where I saw the Dubliners 40 or more years ago. And, uh, and we went down, and it was incredible luck. It was the first, it was a Sunday afternoon, and it was about, uh, about two months ago, and it was the first time in 500 days that they had live music at O'Donoghue's. Now, it wasn't the Dubliners, but it was live music at O'Donoghue's. So, Tom, we're here now on your new boat that you bought in France, but it's not the first boat you've had. No, we, uh, we owned a lovely narrow boat. Now, of course, the clue is in the name. It was narrow. It was 58 feet, 18 metres long, but only 7 feet wide. That's uh, barely 2 metres. Mm. Yeah. We're intending to live on... On, on the water as long as we're physically able. So we needed a bit more beam in our lives. Welcome to Vendinal. And uh, we're, we're four metres wide now. It's a, it's, a bi- it's a big boat. It's a tub. <laughs> it's a tub. It's, a, it's, it's, fa- it's fairly large. And, but uh, I'll take you on a quick guided tour, Fergal. Okay, uh, so we're in the main cabin here, but down here is this... Okay, well, now, now we're going down into the master, be- master bedroom with the ensuite. And I didn't have... You don't get this on a narrow boat. Good, sizable room? Well, big, big enough for us. Okay, your bathroom, you've obviously had a redone. How do you store your wastewater? What do you do with the wastewater? Okay, the grey water, which is uh, essentially dishwater, uh, hand-washing water, etc., etc., goes right out into the, into the river. Shower there, that gets sucked in a pump and pumped out into the river. It's just soapy mm. water. The, uh, the toilet, toilet water goes to a black water tank, which is a huge tank, uh, at the forward end of the engine room and that will handily store we use in the boating community you're always reminded when you're in the pub or wherever else you are before you go back to your boat use the shoreside facilities because okay. <laughs> because okay. you, you've got a finite tank back there but it's a but it's a big tank so it, we don't need to pump out it only every couple of months. Oh, you've got to go to somewhere special and pump it out? Just uh, just around around the corner there, there's a pump out station. So we go up these couple of steps. And so this is the this is the wheelhouse, although the real wheel that we use is up on the up on the rear deck. Okay. But you'll notice there is a wheel that does that does operate the boat. But again the, the windows are not they're they're quite high. They are and I am not. <laughs> uh, but but we but we once once we're touring once we're sailing out on the on the wide open locks then we'll probably steer from in here but yeah. uh, but for maneuvering uh, we go up onto the up onto the rear deck which is higher and has much better visibility but this is essentially if this was a barge this is the wheelhouse so you, you're getting a complete refit. Out of we are, thing. yes, yes. It's a lo- lovely kitchen now. We we've got b- big enough to have dinner parties, and we'll just we have a a portable unfolding table which can go in the middle, and we can we can have six people to dinner as uh, as civilized people often do. Lynn, how are you finding life on board in Ireland? I love it. I absolutely love it. I love being on board the boat anyway. I love the fact that there are times when the whole boat rocks and that's just it's, it just just lets you know you're on the water and I love that I love the view I think we're very fortunate to be here so this you're coming down a couple of steps here 
and on the right here was a two single berth room that uh, our wonderful cabinet fitter here has, has changed it into some storage and an office space for okay. me. So we're wanting to put a shower down in this end, which means taking the boiler out. So it's quite a big job, this one, but it'll be lovely when it's finished. Okay, we just said the boiler. Yes. What's that powered by? That is, it's diesel. It's diesel. So whilst we have um, diesel tanks, there is a separate tank for the, um, the diesel system. So we're replacing that with a much smaller unit. This is actually a domestic unit. Yep. And then this room, this is going to be our, our front lounge and also it will be the spare bedroom. We, we have a bed settee uh, that will be joining us shortly uh, and uh, so that will be our option when people come to stay. So they'll have their own ensuite facilities there. Um, lots of storage. You always need storage on a boat. There's never enough. Tell me about your cabinet maker. And by a guy called uh, Paul Crowley, who has a company called Boatfit Europe. And Paul just turns up with his uh, mobile home and workshop, all in one vehicle, and fixes things. And it, it, you just say to Paul, is it possible to do that? And he'll look at you, go very quiet, and then say, yes, which is all you need, really. It's been and this is quite a sizable room. It is, yes. There was, um, originally when this was a hire boat, there was actually... Um, a double bed in here and another bathroom um, and a wardrobe. So we've had the wardrobe removed. Obviously, we've taken out the, the bed and, and the bathroom had already gone when we, when we took over the boat. So Paul has made the doors. We had a lot of difficulty sourcing doors, so he's actually manufactured them for us, made them up in the shed there. Yeah, I think it's going to be lovely. I, I'm really... This will be our winter lounge. In the summer, we're going to want to be up in the wheelhouse where it's nice and bright. Um, and in the winter, this yeah. I see as a nice, cosy spot. To will, will you be moving around very much? It's, it's quite a big boat now to get through locks and that kind of thing. Um, we can't take it into Dublin. It's too wide for that. But yes, we absolutely will. As soon as um, the work is completed, we want to take her all the way down to Limerick. We want to go as far as we possibly can. We've already been up to Enniskillen with our previous boat, but we didn't go up to Lower Lockern. So we're, we'll certainly want to do that with, with uh, Vendonel. So it's why we've got a boat. You know, we want to explore. Plus, it will give us a chance to get to know um, Ireland and maybe figure out where we'd like to buy property eventually because you know i i dare say in another 10 years or so we might find that we're a bit decrepit for being on a boat <laughs> tom before we go up on deck we mentioned you're a singer you've been on with us before because of the the kind of she sea shanty craze we went through well i must admit it's uh, whilst having a uh, a pedants academic query about whether it really was whether it really was a sea shanty the wellerman and it's this wonderful scottish performer really they they started a tidal wave of interest in that sort of singing and uh, that stirred me to to think about well maybe i should be keeping on writing songs that uh, that are in that genre and i did start doing that but then I thought, what's this for? It's, it's not a song that's going to be used to raise sail or weigh the anchor. And I thought, no, but surely just the singing itself is a good enough raison d'etre. It's called a shanty for singing. On a ship under sail in a breeze or a gale There was hard work for sailors to do So they shouted and bawled as they heaved and they hauled Sometimes only six hands in the crew 
for the sailors had songs just to help work along at capstan and windlass and line whether hoist in the main yard or haul in the halyard the shanty man kept them in time but this is a shanty for singing and your voice get the rafters a ringing you all know what to do harmonize with your crew this is a shanty for singing there are hymns in the kirk there are shanties for work there are songs for each rhyme and each reason there are love songs in trancing and pop songs for dancing and carols when they are in season with the sun on your neck or green water on deck there was always a job to be done but here in the pub with fine ale and good grub the singing is part of the fun for this is a shanty for singing and your voice get the rafters a ringing you all know what to do harmonize with your crew this is a shanty for singing there's no man and no maid who should e'er be afraid of singing at toil or at leisure for at work or at play every sailor will say singing is always a pleasure at the bar of a capstan or bar of a pub raise your voice let the melody fly every girl every boy don't be shy don't be coy whenever the chorus comes by for this is a shanty for singing add your voice get the rafters a ringing you all know what to do harmonize with your crew this is a shanty for singing yes this is a shanty for singing add your voice get the rafters a ringing you all know what to do harmonize with your crew this is a shanty for singing <laughs> there you go okay tom we've... so this is where the magic happens <laughs> we're up on deck we are indeed You've got, a, I'd call it a sun cover, but it's a rain cover. Uh, over yeah, us here yes. In well, the it, it was built as a as a sun cover. The bimini they they call these things, which is uh, not very weatherproof, but uh, does it does the job. Good job. And it's a uh, nice party area. Yeah, this <laughs> this was go. during during lockdown. We could still have six or seven people up here, socially distanced, okay. with uh, with fresh air all around and. Uh, and enjoy ourselves you can see what a lovely view we've got we've got uh, um, the Boyle River the, Bo the Boyle River and with uh, Paddy Gilboy our, our wonderfully kind marina operator has ensured that this is our our mooring spot it's, it's the nicest one in the whole of Tara Marina and we're looking out over the river we get uh, we get visited by a multitude of birds Lynn, it's it's a very windy day here. It is. There's rain, a lot of rain on the way. You've already spent one winter living here. What's it like living here during the winter? It's actually very cosy. Um, now, we weren't on this boat, of course, through the winter. Uh, we were on Moonstone, and Moonstone had a, a solid fuel stove. So we just kept that going 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It was just this one tiny little stove, and it was very, very nice and cosy. This boat has a, a diesel heating system, so we're going to have to see how that works out. At the moment, we're actually finding it's overheating the boat. We run it very little. 
People have this impression that boats are damp to live on and I don't know where they get this idea. I, not at all, not if they're properly insulated. And to be honest, it's a big factor when we were looking to replace the boat, you check what the insulation is. Yeah. It's, it's so important. So it's, it's all nice and cosy. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it actually, I, mm. especially once we get our, all our refurbishments finished. It'll be a nice cosy spot for the winter. Yes. What was the journey up through France like and right up into Belgium? Um, it was a wonderful experience because uh, when, when I first looked at it and saw how many locks we were going to have to do, I'm used to doing locks in UK when Tom generally does the steering and I do the locking. And I thought, there's over 200 locks here. This is going to be exhausting. They're remote control, the ones in France. It's a wonderful system. So at the first lock, uh, you stop and you call the, the Ecclusier and uh, you get... Uh, a remote control and as you go along um, you'll see a sign that says uh, press your button here and you press your button and you look at the lights at the lock and you make sure that they've actually accepted your signal they'll be flashing to show they've accepted it and then you just wait for them to cycle okay. it's a brilliant system I think we're a long way from that here <laughs> so, well, yes. we're, well we're actually somewhere between that and the, the and the UK system where everything is done just manually absolutely everything and very 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 few of the locks have lock keepers but whereas here of course you've got very very personable and uh, obliging lock keepers waterways ireland lock keepers they are all operated by electricity so but we get the the personal interactivity of, uh, of chatting with the lock keepers as we're going back here, Tom, you spent 24 years in the Royal Navy. You were there during the Cold War on submarines. Oh, yes, yes, I was. Diesel submarines were wonderful because it wasn't like being in the Royal Navy. It was like uh, we were the buccaneers <laughs> of the Royal Navy. You, didn't, you weren't required to shine your shoes or get your hair cut or if you could do your job and you were self-disciplined, that was, that was all that was, all was required. You were in training at the time of the Cuban Missile Crisis. What, what was it like to serve in the Navy at that time? Well, the, of course, I was a teenager, so I was totally self-absorbed, as we all were and every teenager is. But um, we were told right from the day we joined, I joined in, in June, uh, May 1959, and you're told right from the day you joined, your job is to prevent a war from starting. Your existence is meant to stop a war from starting. And I, I was very impressed with that. And uh, the actual Cold War at that time, in the very early 60s, didn't really impress itself upon me. However, once I joined submarines, I found myself part of the Cold War because I was not now part of the intelligence and espionage community um, that were keeping an eye. We were way up in the North Atlantic and the Iceland Faroes Gap and the Greenland Gap, uh, keeping an ear out, not an eye out, but keeping an ear out for what was called transiting whiskies, which are, which are uh, Soviet submarines uh, wanting to break out from the north of Russia into the Atlantic. Um, this is before the days of the SOSUS um, listening systems installed on the seabed in the, in the Greenland's Gap and the Iceland's Gap. Um, and we would go out for months at a time and just be circling quietly at uh, 200 feet 
um, just listening and listening and listening and then you'd go up once a day and send off a send off a progress report and at that time you'd uh, you'd be just under the surface 60 feet under the surface with your with a snorkeling system to enable you to run the diesels recharge the batteries and refresh the air um, but we did that a lot very different life to living on the Boyle River <laughs> well you know life life changes and you know ebbs and flows as you as you move through life or life moves through you it's uh, it wouldn't do if every day was the same it wouldn't do if every job was the same it wouldn't do if you and I were the same you know we, we all we all need to be a little bit different and uh, and uh, but still have a sense of community it was such a pleasure to visit Tom and Lynn in County Roscommon yesterday. And you'll find all about him on his website, tomlewis.net, or just Google Tom Lewis Singer. And when things return to normal, he intends to go gigging around the country. Singing music is your life, really. It, it absolutely is. Yes, indeed. It's, uh, it's, it's my life, it's our life. And uh, I've, I've been singing since... Since, since I can remember, absolutely since I can remember. My mother was a, a great fan of the radio. Anytime there was anybody singing anything, my mother would sing along. It's a particular of interest of yours because of your history in the Royal Navy, but sea shanties were work songs. They absolutely were. And they have a, they have a very defined and short life. Up until the Napoleonic era, every ship that was sailing... Uh, interoceanic certainly and probably even across the Mediterranean or whatever would carry far more manpower on board than it actually needed to work the vessel because it would very often have to fight its way through either pirates or privateers or navies of uh, of enemy countries you needed a crew on board that could not just work the ship but could fight the ship if necessary once the Napoleonic era was was done with, there was a burgeoning of international inter interoceanic trade, but there was no need for all those sailors on board. So you, so the sailors got got spread out, and the the workload for each individual sailor became a great great deal more. So the sailors invented for themselves the idea that if they sang a rhythmical song when they were working, it would coordinate them. And uh, so all, the, all these songs came along. They only lasted until the era of the wind-up gramophone, by which time powered ships, which didn't require the muscular power of a, of a, of a, of a sailor to haul on a line or heave on an anchor, those songs were still part of their heritage until the wind-up gramophone came along and almost killed it. This is certainly not a shanty, but um, in 1983, when Lynn and I, when I took my small pension from the Royal Navy and Lynn and I moved to the Rocky Mountains of British Columbia, it was such a new thing for me to be so far away from the, from the ocean and yet again in this lovely but isolated community. And I wrote a song about it. But... The song seems to finish in 1983, and then when we came back over here, it took on a life of its own. 
poor old landlocked sailor washed up on the shore. Never been so many miles from the sea before. Is he dreaming of the surgeon tied the rolling swell? Is he dreaming of the ocean? No, is he hell? He's a happy landlocked sailor living in the trees. He swapped the roaring tide race for the mountain breeze. With his wife, he lives in paradise in the mountains of BC. Oh, how I wish that happy landlocked sailor could be me. Sail the sea lanes to exotic ports of call. Now he cruises dusty roads down to the local mall. His roving days are over, his feet upon the shore. He's never going back, he's on dry land forevermore. Cause I'm the happy landlocked sailor, I'm living in the trees. I swap the roaring tide race for the mountain breeze. With my wife I live in paradise in the mountains of BC. So now you know that happy landlocked sailor's really me. And that's where the song used to end. But look what's happened. My life has taken a new chapter so the song takes a new verse. But now that landlocked sailor has gone back to the waves He found that life upon dry land was not the life he craves He needs to haul his anchor up to set his spirit free And just like a real captain's mate, Lynn keeps him company For they live on a canal boat that's crammed with sailor's junk the deck moves underneath their feet, their beds a cozy bunk. And now they've got their sea legs back on rivers they will roam. To you it might seem like a barge, to them it feels like home. Yes, to you it might seem like a barge, to us it feels like home. Seascapes was presented and produced by Fergal Keane.